one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Welcome back, prospectors, to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community, finding the saltiest stories, your salty confessionals, or put those in our mind cart, bring it back up, and share it with you, our listeners. Somebody insert some, like, claps. I feel like the claps I'm doing right now are not, like, good. (laughs) Back again. It is me, your host, Sam. And as always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. Say hey, guys. What up, what up, what up? Howdy ho. Howdy ho, indeed. Uh, it's never felt better. <laughs> it's never felt better. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, me. <laughs> Guess who's back? Yeah, who's back? Back, back. How did it feel for you guys again, to again. not have the pressure of having to do the intro this week? Did that feel freeing? Does you know, that's good? not the pressure. It's it's all the rest of it. <laughs> the intro is the part that I feel chill about. Tony's just relieved he doesn't have to read. Yeah, reading is difficult. Dude, reading is hard, reading man. Uh, I'm still gonna shit on you for it, but like reading oh, is no. fucking hard. <laughs> I, I gotta say, it was it, it was incredibly cathartic for me to listen to the recordings, especially the raw recording of that first episode you guys did, <laughs> where you fucked it up so many times. And there were there were so many things like, whoa, what what is that stupid shit that Sam says? And then like <laughs> yeah. two minutes later, it would be like a plea, like, when is Sam coming back? Because uh, this is hard and I don't want to do it. Like, it was just awesome. In fairness, we committed to it. We were like, okay, Sam's not here and we're going to do it as raw as we fucking yeah. can. We're yeah, not I was like, Tony, Tony can we plan some stuff? And Tony was like, nope. We just have yeah. to start yeah. recording and try and get through it. Yeah. It felt more right to do it that Mike way. It was like, Tony didn't even let me plan at all. Like, I wanted to at least get ready. And he was like, no, we just have to start and record. I think that, I think that made it more natural, you know? I mean, in a way, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm back. Glad to be back. Back in the old mine. Glad to have you back. Because we had such a vicious backlog. To the listener, I, I was only gone for two weeks, but I was gone for five weeks. Yeah. Yep. So that's true. It's, it's been a long a time long for us, time. not a long time for the listener. Yeah, it has been some time. So mostly just uh, you know, backseat driving when things are going wrong with the podcast uploads. Okay, it never every happens. single episode, never happened. Every single release without Sam around. <laughs> not even one of them. <laughs> they were wrong. all good. <laughs> no, I was telling Tony that I'm pretty sure one of those weeks was fine. <laughs> that is true. I do think I do think I had one. One, one release go correctly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man yeah so um look forward to an improvement of the quality of the oh, <laughs> bouncing back <laughs> as we once again keep tony away from the uh the editing table no i'm Whoa. kidding tony did fine the editing great. was good. It's just the posting part. <laughs> yeah, it's just the execution. Yeah. It's, just the, it's the including execu- the yeah, right. instruction manual on how to release notes in the release yeah. notes. Oh that was so funny. I opened it up in Spotify and it was like, 
It was like, copy over the text below for the episode description. And I was like, oh my God, did Tony just copy paste from like the manual I wrote you guys before I left? Well, yes. I, in my defense, I did, but I copy and pasted too much apparently. Yep. <laughs> and because I like took the template and I wrote the thing. And I behaved. You have no idea how many times I rewrote that because I was like, Sam wouldn't approve of me saying these things. <laughs> Good. I'm so glad. Thank you. But the, the message was more lame as a result. Let it be known. <laughs> it would have been better if I <laughs> no, it would not have been. gotten to put what I wanted. <laughs> no, it would it be was just for the Patreon one. It wasn't even for the it would like be censored. <laughs> Those are supposed to be the same, Tony. They're supposed to be the same. No, I noticed that you did a, a different personal one. touch. And I was that was the one I read first, the Patreon one, and I was like, oh my god, did he put this? the fucking regular episode like this is not how it's supposed to be no i give them a special touch they get something a little special you know because i care <laughs> yeah loving care oh no, you're not supposed to care <laughs> so what else is new uh you know i've been off and doing tons of video game stuff with my time and i beat tunic and crushed it i've been getting into like elden ring you know getting into it more than i already was into it and all these other games and i've also been playing a lot of one piece Oh yeah, fucking nerds. Yep, a lot of a lot of One Piece <laughs> TCG with my wife. I got a couple decks and we played a couple games, and she was like, "This is dope." And I was like, "Sweet, I'm gonna buy all the decks." <laughs> <I'm> gonna buy <laughs> ten decks. The the real thing there was you got like approval, <laughs> like, yeah. seal of approval happened. I just and so you're like, oh, now nod. I can just buy fucking all of them. <laughs> yeah, it was like the the tiniest thumbs up of approval, and I was like, "Sweet, uh, all of the decks are in my cart." <laughs> implying they weren't in the cart already <laughs> i know right i hadn't already found like sources for them but yep that that's been really good and now i'm just playing zelda tears of the kingdom dude oh man so fucking good so i don't have a switch well you're trash well i've been thinking about i just feel like it's so fucking old like I feel like I'm going to buy it now and they must release the new system in like a year, right? Like who cares, dude? That is like such a weird, I, I get why people say that argument, but I think yeah. it's so wrong because the switch has amazing games out for it. If you yep. buy it, you'll be able to play all the amazing games. But I mean, I assume I've, I've played a, a handful. Of them. I feel like switch is great for party games. Like it's got so many great party game type things like the Mario parties and smash bros and like who buys it for anything else other than breath of the wild like <laughs> that's fine and like so i could play those two games i have watched too much of breath of the wild get played because i'm a scrub i feel like zelda <laughs> games are actually where this all started for me of like they're stressful to play and mm. i like watching other people play them mm. um and so I've really been going back and forth of like, do I want to just watch some streamers play Tears of the Kingdom or do I want to actually play it? Uh, and I'm trying play to get it, like, play well, it. It sounds like the reviews are like that it's good. Definitely not saying yes. it's bad, but it doesn't like blow Breath of the Wild out of the water or anything, which was also a phenomenal game. It's, it's like, just yeah, very, I like, think that's less of like it. a condemnation of Tears of the Kingdom <laughs> yeah. and more of just like high praise for breath of the wild it was more like if it was like a next tier from breath of the wild that was like kind of this like next tier zelda then i would be like all right then i'm definitely gonna get it but it sounds like it's I just mean, like on par with it as opposed to it's like 2.0 but not necessarily drastically improved so like breath of the wild is a masterpiece zelda game a masterpiece yeah, video it's game. a masterpiece a hundred percent and tears of the kingdom is just an improvement on Breath of the Wild. So it's like yeah. a better masterpiece. I mean, 
what what can you can't go wrong man i will say though it is a sequel like it's a sequel game mm-hmm. um which is you know zelda games have done that previously with like spirit tracks and phantom hourglass and some shit like that but this is mm. like a true sequel so like if you didn't play breath of the wild you probably still can play tears of the kingdom and like enjoy it but there's going to be some story elements that are a little bit lost on you and and I, I think that that would detract from the experience like i think if you're gonna play it like crush breath of the wild right now mm. and then get this game i would probably just watch the whole like cutscene strung together on youtube or something like you, you which i also that. enjoy doing Have you, you guys could definitely that? do that oh yeah i've done that for many different games i've done that for so many games Bro, i've it, done it's that long. some of it's like 40 fucking hours that i'm like oh my yeah, god what sometimes you're doing? watching a whole tv the god show of war ones like the old god of war games one two three and probably the new ones have this feature once you beat the game, there's an option to watch all of the cutscenes in a row. Wow. Uh, and there's two options. One is all of the like high-end video cutscenes. So it's like, here's all the cinematics. And mm-hmm. you can watch it in a row and get the plot. The other option is all of the cinematics and all of the cutscenes. So anytime there's like plot dialogue that is like slightly on rails, you can watch it. And it ends up being like almost an hour of content. It's like yeah. an hour movie that you can watch the one that i did that with i i bought on steam sale like halo wars at one point i don't know oh, if you really? guys ever played this game <laughs> i never I did. did i used to love halo but yeah I that's halo the thing wars. i'm like a huge sucker for halo lore uh more i more so used to be but like like i read all of the books Fuck yes yeah, the books, i read like dude. so many halo <laughs> books, books. <laughs> so i was like deep in the lore of it and then i bought a halo wars on steam one day uh because it was on sale it was like 10 bucks or something and I played like two levels and I was like, that that's okay. Yeah, this is a good game. Wonder what the story gets like. And then I just watched the entire <laughs> cutscene for it. And that that story is like hours, hours of content. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love doing that. Thank you to everyone that's already played games and then posted online so that we don't oh, straight have to play up, all like, of them. Fucking legends. <laughs> Like. And it, it is funny, like I, I'm so adverse to spoilers in games. I was just talking about this the other day with my friend Matt, like to the point where if I'm telling somebody about a video game I'm playing or even like a show I'm watching and they're like, oh, it's about to get really good. Like that's <laughs> to me, that is a spoiler because mm. I am now I'm going into that next segment being like, mm-hmm. well, like waiting for it to get really yeah, good. Like, what's right? going to fucking yeah. happen? And then yeah. if it doesn't. And like live up to the expectation yeah it's like it's like someone saying like oh there's a huge tone shift in the plot when you get to the third act it's like don't tell me that man like i can hear that shit. <laughs> well that is a lot that's a lot but but that's what they're saying when they're like hey it's about to get really good you know what i mean yeah like, i guess so like, that's like the subtext there mm-hmm. well, i found the problem is like the internet knows what i like and so it, it's Dude, annoying yeah. because they're like, oh, you bought God of War Ragnarok. And then all of a sudden I get like YouTube recommendations oh while God. playing the game that like just the thumbnail like is a spoiler. Yeah. And like, I'm yeah. like, fuck internet. And so now when I get new games, like Kratos I fucking shaves his beard and you're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like now I, I try to avoid the internet, which is fucking impossible. Dude. Uh, when yeah. I get a new game, I'm just like, I got to like grind through if it's like story driven anyway. That's what I've been doing with breath of the wild. It's been like head down. And whenever I see something online about it, I'm like, scroll past that shit. Like I just, <laughs> I don't want to see any of it. Yeah. But it's great. You should get it, Tony. You should get a switch, dude. I'm thinking about it. Do it. There are other great games on it, man. You can play fucking Skyrim on Switch. 
Fuck Skyrim. Who fucking oh plays Skyrim? What? Canceled? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Speaking of good games, have you guys ever heard of Magic the Gathering? No. Yeah, I don't know that it's good, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. It's great. <laughs> Top tier. It's it does make me salty sometimes. <laughs> Ooh, uh, nice transition. But Sam, what's salt, baby? Uh, Tony, how I've longed to hear those words directed at me <laughs> and not at Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tony, great question. Salt is frustrations in the game. Ooh, baby, preach. <laughs> Salt is when you're playing a game and uh, your friend is building up a powerful board state and keeps pointing to yours as if it's a problem and you only have a couple things out and you're they're deflecting really well. That. Oh, yeah, I was still, still feeling, fucking fucking salt. feeling salt. And you're playing your like just turn creature sideways deck and he plays Archfiend of Ifnir. Which is a fucking trash card. <laughs> it is just rummaging and discarding a fuck ton of cards and putting minus one, minus one counters on everything. So you can't maintain a board state. There's bullshit, Tony. And that's what salt is. <laughs> I feel like what really makes you salty is that you did remove it. You did the good thing. And yeah. then I just brought it back the same, the next fucking turn. <laughs> Dude, that was literally after we were talking about it. Like we had to take a break after this game. I was so fucking salty. Uh, we'd like go outside <laughs> and, like it literally like touched the grass. Tony was like, well, you guys should just run more interaction, like kind of as a joke. And I was like, I fucking removed it, dude. <laughs> like I literally did that. Like I used all my resources to remove it and you just, you just brought it back. I don't think I said, it. I think Mike said it. He's like, we just have to have more interaction. And I was like, well, no, I did bring it, it was back. You. It was a hundred percent. Yeah. Sure yeah. You're right. Mikey. Mike. It was Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so blind with rage, man. Oh my God. That was so funny. It, it, I think you guys talked about it on the last episode, but it was just so funny to have my wife like firsthand see how like, <laughs> shitty we are to each other when we play. Like we're just constantly insulting each other and not even good insults. It's just like someone will just play a card and we're like, that's a fucking stupid card. Yeah, you suck. I can't believe you put that in your deck. You yeah, like the game. most low effort trolling <laughs> on each other and, and just giggling the whole time. It's so funny, man. I love it. Uh, but yeah, oh, we're going to be talking about salt and salty stories. We got some salty posts from the internet, from our listeners today. We got some from our patrons. And yeah, we're going to be ripping into them, spreading that salt, spreading that salty love. Grip it and rip it, baby. Grip it and rip it. Hell yeah, brother. I actually haven't ripped a pack in a long time. Whoa. Really? Yeah. I've ripped some pretty recently. Some of our dear listeners sent me packs. Mm. I, I was ripping them. I got some good shit. It's like sad, but I have learned that it's better to buy what you want from a set rather than oh, buy a box. This. Oh, of course. That you're going to get good You're shit. only just learning this. But it's no, <laughs> I, I, I learned it to the point that now I'm like not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like now I'm actually just like buying the things that I want when it comes out. Cause I'm like, I will yeah. spend less money getting all the things I want that are expensive from the set rather than, you know, the fucking high I get, but I miss yeah, the high. I don't buy you know? a pack to get a card. I buy a pack same. because it's fun to rip a pack. Yeah, Cause I want to crack a pack. Oh, well it's the same thing, but I buy booster boxes and ripping a whole yeah, box. That's, 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 that's that's yeah, that's bad. You can't do that. That's wrong. <laughs> it feels so good when it's happening though. When we go for like walks around town, like just a little walk around the block type thing, there is now a game store on the corner. So it's like, Ooh, baby. oh, do you want to go for, a, you know, like 20 minute walk? It's like, oh, well, we're here. Do you mind if I just duck into the comic store real quick <laughs> spend five dollars and then walk away? Is like, 
twenty percent happier because <laughs> I have a pack to rip when I get home. My booster uh, pack etiquette lately is like we've been hitting up this LGS. Uh, shout out to TJ's Cafe. Place fucking rules. And we've been hitting it up like semi regularly, at least once a month, maybe sometimes twice. And my new booster pack etiquette is when I'm at an LGS, I buy a booster pack. Yep. Either one or two, maybe three. And I always buy like a premium pack. Like I'll buy something from like an old master set or, you know, like a collector's booster or something like that. Like I want, I want to get like the riskiest pull. <laughs> <laughs> and it's paid <laughs> off, dude. One time at TJ's, I fucking opened uh, a Meta Crypt. It was fucking insane. Yep. Uh, we're all like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was amazing. Should we talk about a post? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into it. This story comes to us from one of our patrons, Accidental TPK. What's up, dude? Thank you for the lovely story. And this post is titled, Am I the Saltiest Baby? And it goes, going to pose a little, am I the saltiest baby to you all? Unique deck building is one of my favorite things. I love picking a commander that has a few decks on EDH rec or exploits a weird mechanic. I am known in my pod for playing subpar slash janky cards in my decks for the flavor. Now to my potential problem. I absolutely hate it when my deck idea gets taken on purpose or not by another player who is close to me. I feel conflicted about this because on one hand, deck building is a point of pride for me. It's a way I can express myself while also having fun. And it feels like I can't make that deck anymore because it feels like I'm challenging their deck by making my own. On the other hand, they're just magic decks. If I make a deck and a player makes the same theme slash commander, there's a massive chance that the decks will be over 40% different. I might get accused of trying to outbuild another deck, but if it's not what I meant to do, it doesn't matter, right? Let me know what you think, and don't be afraid to call me out. I'm more likely to change if you do, provided it is warranted. I feel this one. I deeply feel this one. I knew you would, Mike. I love deck building concepts. I, I think I'm the same as Accidental TPK here. It's like the amount of kind of expressiveness you can have with your court card choices, the variety of different strategies you can use. Like, There's so much in the game that you can explore, so many different mechanics. That if someone has something that's like this post is saying like 60% similar to something that feels like you should be able to have things that are so 100% dissimilar to each other uh, that even just having that little bit of overlap gets kind of frustrating and sad, particularly in EDH because it explores so much of what magic has to offer. Like there's a little less of this in every other format because it's like, okay, standard has probably... Yeah, kind of a set number of archetypes like the cards can only support certain things but in commander you just have so many different directions you can go that it's really hard when something shows up and you don't want to feel like either that copycat or like you're being copied and one of the best things that you can do is just build it anyway in a test environment so maybe like put the, the list together in a, in a mox field or something you can still have oh, that comes fun. A fucking mox field yeah. <laughs> mox field obs shilling no no, no. that's every, separate, that's every separate. Time i'll show that now. later i'll show that later sponsored. um but <laughs> We're not sponsored. you can still have <laughs> you can still have the fun part of building the deck list and like doing yeah. that creative part without necessarily doing the the playing it piece and then the other thing is 
if you find yourself really not wanting to play and have that kind of awkward social component of it, you can just play that in another pod. You know, you can play that deck in another group. Like I built a deck for Sam that I liked so much <laughs> that I wanted to play it and I'll never play it with Sam and Tony and Nick because I'm ne- I'm never going to step on, you know, Sam being able to own that kind of concept and that role in that deck in our pod but I might play it against other people occasionally mm-hmm. uh, because I like the concept and it keeps it kind of separate in that way and, and doesn't have the the overlapping of, of ideas there. Yeah, I, I totally agree with the accidental TPK here and with what you're saying, Mike. I do think it's disheartening. I mean, I, I think it is totally fine to feel some ownership over a concept and you know feel like it's like a creative expression and stuff like that. You know, Not to the point where I would ever dissuade someone from wanting to build a deck that's similar to mine, but more from me looking out, if I see Tony playing a specific deck, then I'm probably unlikely to try to build something in that same vein. Totally. There are some things that I would say, you know, as like the concepts get broader, I think it's less of a problem. Like Tony and I, as our listeners know, Tony and I both have Togo decks that we got for Secret Santa, where Tony's is red and green with Togo and Itch Tekic. Mine is red and black with Togo and um, a fucking other guy. At the- Teskit. Like, <laughs> literally doesn't even matter. You like don't even play it. Teskit. Teskit. Right? Oh, fuck. My brain. Um, yeah, Togo Keskit. You know, like those decks play, they, they honestly, they don't even really play similar, but they have similar themes and probably sh- do share like 40% of the cards uh, or maybe 30. There's probably a bit of overlap there, right? But like, I never feel like Tony's stepping on my toes when he plays that deck and vice versa. Granted, it's not the same exact commander, so slightly different. Tony, how do you feel about this? I mean, you notoriously are always copying decks from Josh Lee Kwai, playing oh the exact gosh. same shit that he plays. <laughs> Looking up his deck list. For you to done this. So. Yeah. Net decking all of Josh Lee Kwai's yeah. decks. Yeah, we kind of have two sides of the spectrum with Mike and then you, who's just you guys are a constant bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's something frustrating because I feel like... Sorry, jokes aside, like, how does that feel? Because... You have, I mean, we're teasing you, but you have built decks and then a Game Nights comes on and it's the same deck that you just built and you're like, motherfucker, like, <laughs> like that's, I think that's happened to you like two or three times. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's interesting, especially because like, I guess for me, I think that Josh Lee Kwai and I like to build very similar style of decks. Yeah. Uh, and so having somebody who's like huge in the magic community really like to build the same style as you makes it hard because they're always fucking making shit that you're like, God damn it. Like, I really want to play this. And now I feel like I I do feel like I can't go build that. I've thought once or twice about just like he's like released something. And after I see it, I'm like, God damn it. It's fucking that's exactly what I want. But I'm not going to play this deck now because he's like fucking played it at game nights or whatever. And so like. <laughs> feels shitty and then there's been a couple that i've built before they came out and so i feel fine to leave those together um but it it definitely makes it uh a challenge because it does it just feels like you're like copying it even though you know you would and like i could go and like not look at his list and build the deck but it's probably going to come out to like 70 percent the same mm-hmm. so i find what yeah. i tend to do is I, I just like i just fucking build the shit I like and I I try to not look at other deck lists. I definitely look at EDH rec. Everybody looks at 
at like EDA track, but I generally don't look at other people's deck lists. Yeah. Uh, and I usually, this probably isn't an advantage, but I usually don't have other people look at my list either. I just fucking get it together and then oh, slap it down on the table. <laughs> we <Yeah>. know. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a whole other thing. <laughs> but I, I find that it, it's usually what encourages me to make a new list is usually yeah. what happens. Like as soon as other people start making stuff that's similar or too close, I'm like, okay, well, I'll just make make another thing now. I think one of the hard things about this is with those, like you kind of were talking about this a little bit, Tony, or, or sort of dancing around this point, but there are some commanders that when you build it, no matter how you build it, it's probably going in a very similar direction as mm-hmm. how everyone else is building it. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've called these decks like decks that kind of build themselves. Like if yeah. you're building a Goshintai shrines deck, like yep. there's, there's definitely room for some creativity, but you're going to put the shrines in it. You know, yeah. you're just yeah. like Urtet, that. like that new mirror commander. Like, guess right. what? You're gonna put you're the mirror all in the it. mirror. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like I actually like to build decks that are are that where it's it's going in a direction, a very specific mm-hmm. direction. But what I I like it when it's a commander that's like really fucking weird and like mm-hmm. it is like definitely one direction, but like a weird you know kind of unique thing yeah. that you're not normally doing. I don't tend to build decks that are like some commander that could go in like 10 different directions where I think Mike kind of does that pretty frequently. Like I feel like you always have interesting brews that are of commanders that aren't, it's not Aww. so like spoken. It's not Aww, well, anytime you slap something down, Mike, I'm like, fuck, like I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. Like that Orzov, um, you have that aura human soldier deck. That's really crazy. <laughs> you yeah, little that, shit. That deck is pretty tight. I played. Okay. I played, I played, Two non clerics in my cleric tribal, and everyone they're the first two cards mind. you played. <laughs> the first two cards you fucking played were human soldiers. You're like, Here well, you go. one tutored the other one, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's deck synergy uh, around human soldiers. Um, but yeah, I my advice would be just build it, just build the mm-hmm. fucking deck. And like Mike said, build it in a deck building app, build it in Moxfield or something like that. Sometimes when I have these deck concepts. I might start to get discouraged about like the creativity of it or how good it's going to be before I've even built the thing. And then I like actually put a list together and goldfish a few hands. And I'm like, I don't like this. I actually, this deck isn't good. Or I get to like 113 cards and I just can't cut the last 10. Mm -hmm. And you know, like my Kithkin deck that we'll talk about at some point in the future, (laughs) I just realized that it's like a bad concept, (laughs) you know, like it kind of, Sometimes you figure that stuff out during the deck building. So it's sort of like I, I would recommend that you take it to that deck building point. But also at the same time, like if that's just your way of doing things, like don't change, you know, yeah. certain commanders get super trendy. And if you don't want to play those trendy commanders, that's totally fine. I, I'd say half the commanders I play are weird, abnormal ones. And the other half are like the most basic shit. Like my yeah. Rafik. Guess what? I have like a, a Rafik deck that is a Voltron there strategy. There you go. The name drop. <laughs> what is it, dude? Is it an Enchantress sub theme? <laughs> I I usually try and look up on EDHREC how popular a commander is like before I build it. Like that's usually yeah. one of my personal first steps. I'm like, yeah. how many decks of this exist? And if it's a lot, I'm like, meh, I'm not going to do it then. I definitely have like that, like, hipster urge too of like oh i want to build something that people don't feel like they've seen before yeah but i do think that one of the things that kind of shook me from this a little bit is 
sort of the mindset around CEDH brewing. I was about to bring that up, yeah. Like people are way more collaborative about a deck list because everybody is narrowed in like on a smaller subset of the commander pool. So you have, you know, more people thinking about a fewer set, a smaller set of commanders. And you realize that there is still a lot of room for like expression and difference in your deck, even when you're targeting like a very specific strategy, maybe even your strategy is shared between like the different instances. There's still a lot of space in individual card choices and and like selection of, of yeah. cuts and includes. Anna, what do you think about that, Sam? I know you do a lot of that kind of CDH brewing in the community as well. Yeah, I mean, we we kind of talked about in this case, in... In case you guys didn't know, uh, <laughs> Sam is the moderator of a Murat Discord, so... Uh, I am. He definitely has a lot of experience with this. Pretty reputable with a weird, weird stacks deck. <laughs> <laughs> um, you left the shitty part out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. You're a jerk. <laughs> shitty, weird stacks deck. Tony, that's, that's insulting, dude. I don't know if you intended that, but that kind of hurts my feelings. It was intended. <laughs> um... We, we talked about this a little bit in our Extra Salt episode, our Patreon series. We did a CDH episode and talked about this concept a little bit. But the deck building joy for CDH exists in 10 to 15 cards. Um, whereas the deck building joy in a casual list is the entire thing. Or, or you know, maybe 97 cards, assuming you're running a command tower and a soul ring in every single list in your commander. So, you know, where like your expression in casual is really your entire holistic list, like how you're figuring things out, your synergies, your strategy, CDH, the meta is such that there isn't a ton of variation. Um, and you have these established lists. And as a deck builder, your goal is to really take an established build and tweak it a little bit. And even when like new decks come out, generally speaking in CDH, I mean, we do, you do get like the random off meta crazy deck that comes out like Urza's Battle Thopter was super weird and is doing crazy things in CDH. But generally speaking, even when a new commander comes out and someone turns it into a CDH deck, you're taking an established shell within the community and fitting a new commander into it. For instance, Evelyn the Covetous is this Grixis commander. And when it came out, people were like, this is kind of unique. It can do like World Gorger Dragon loops, but it has the added protection of blue and World Gorger Dragon in Rakdos is a very established thing. World Gorger Dragon combos in Mardu is very established. And then Grixis on its own is an extremely established just powerhouse of a shell in CDH. So you take those deck building shells and just kind of mash them together. And then the, again, that creativity really comes out in the span of like 10 to 15 card choices. You know, if you pair up like a bunch of people's different blue farm decks all next to each other, Timnacrom decks, you'll probably find a variation of 10 to maybe 20 cards between all those decks. And they're still doing similar things, similar game plan, but the pilot of that deck has found the joy in their deck building and their creativity and their expression in those very small changes. Mm -hmm. Well, this is all great, but... <laughs> Thanks, Tony. I thought it was great too. Yeah, well, I was going to say, did we You're talk right. about the post enough for me to say what's the salt rating? Yes, <laughs> we've gotten we into deck building like philosophy here, which is like also <laughs> interesting. But <laughs> what do we think about the salt rating here on this post? Well, to, to answer the question from Accidental TPK, am I the saltiest baby? No, you're not. It's totally fine to feel a little off or a little weird if someone 
builds a deck just like one you own and they're playing it in the same group as you. Or if you want to build a deck, but someone hits that concept first and you're like, man, I was stoked on that, but now someone else is doing it. I think that's totally fine. Totally. Um, I, I think it becomes like a really salty thing if you're like telling other people they can't build specific decks because you own one <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, But it doesn't sound like you're doing that, but to the listeners out there, like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, let pe- other people play the game. But like you may run into mirror matches, you know, there's a chance you'll see another commander at the table that does similar stuff to yours. So it's just kind of part of the game. Yeah. When my banding flanking uh, deck fucking hits the table and somebody else is running the same thing, I'm like, and Dash Hope 69 is out here like, how dare you copy me? (laughs) Dude, I was about to shout him out too. Yeah. Which is actually crazy because I I really did have a list together for that at one point. But Elish Norn banding? No, it wasn't Elish Norn. Okay. I just I just like a flanking banding uh bullshit deck. <laughs> but it was like annoyingly complex. So I was like, hmm, I think they'll be mad at me. And by they, my pod for playing this. Yeah, and by deck. they you mean us. Yes. Mike and I. <laughs> <laughs> because you're not gonna know the rules for flanking oh, or no. banding when you show up and we're gonna have to tell you yeah, how it works. It's I was fine. about to say because <laughs> Mike and I will have to tell you how the deck works. <laughs> We'll have to guide you through a breach loop. <laughs> when I made the Obeka deck, I looked up like rules of that and I asked somebody who was a fucking judge and he like gave me wrong rules. And the first game, I was like, no, I uh, spoke to a judge about this. And then like, yeah, and we were like, that's wrong. We were like, <laughs> you really? talked to a bad judge. <laughs> like literally. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, this is bullshit. Anyway, Tony just talked to like a, a legal judge in the court of law and a was barrister. like, how do you think this works? And they were like, I have no idea, but probably this way. <laughs> exactly you guys want to move on to another story here another post hell yeah fucking do it uh so this one comes to us from our gmail and comes to us from our friend micah not to be confused with mike's girlfriend mika this is micah mm-hmm. totally different person yep and the post is titled booster packs full of salt I felt this one would be appropriate because we were talking about cracking packs earlier nice <laughs> and it goes how goes it I'm a big fan of the podcast and ironically pretty immune to getting salty, but I finally got a story to share with you guys. Preface, about a year ago, I got my piece of shit best friend into playing EDH with me. Yeah. Don't ever. (laughs) Yeah. Love just (laughs) calling him that immediately. We don't have a regular play group yet, but one of our traditions is to each buy a booster box every few sets and spend a night cracking packs together. Mm. My friend has been on a hot streak opening packs with the last few sets. And I've been getting generally unlucky. In Brothers War, he pulled straight gas, including both Titanias, the Argoth Land, and an Awaken the Woods. I couldn't care less, but my green-loving goblin brain was annoyed that he got all the cards I was hoping for. He got some good cards for me to trade for, and we laughed off how many green cards he got. Little did I know what the future would hold. The salt. Due to increased price, our tradition was modified when we split a booster box of Dominaria Remastered. Mm. As a joke, with the first pack, I set out two packs and had each of us roll a d20 for who gets to pick the packs. We roll, get our packs, and he starts the trivia game he likes to do to test my knowledge. Him, four mana blue creature. It was a full art Urza Highlord Artificer. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Soul Canar, the Swamp King, it's like a trash rare. I was going to say, it's just <laughs> fucking chaff. <laughs> Him. One mana green enchantment. 
wow, an exploration. I got another Soul Canar, the Swamp King. <laughs> <laughs> Him. One mana, green instant, freaking worldly tutor. I get a Nantuko Shade. Nice. <laughs> Pile of garbage, best friend. This seems like a really good green enchantment. A fucking Sylvan library. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I get yet another Soul Canar the Swamp King. No. <laughs> At this point, I've salted up more than a movie theater popcorn with no drink. No matter who wins the dice roll or which pack I choose, he continues to pull bomb rare after bomb rare while I'm sitting on a pile of shit canar swamp turds. <laughs> <laughs> Once we finish opening packs, this steaming pile of dog shit has the audacity to look me in the <laughs> eyes and say, you know, I was planning on sharing the cards we opened, but you wanted to do the dice rolling thing. This man put me in a baby rage I've never experienced before, and he's lapping it up like some kind of saltwater fish. The aftermath. I slipped off the salt and we laughed it off the next day. Mistress Fate decided to rub salt in the wound one last time a few days ago when he grabbed one of the two Dominaria United packs I'd bought at the store. Him. What's the chase card from this set? Me. I don't know. Shouldred? My friends, I cannot describe the absolute shit-eating smirk he had while he turned the card around, the best card I've cracked in months, and he can't even have the decency to let me open it myself. <laughs> is amazing uh, there are story. some people that just open gas i know this isn't real but i feel like i've experienced this like some people just when they rip packs they always oh, yeah. open bombs dude that story earlier i was saying when i opened the mana crypt we were at tj's and our friend emmett was there we had got some packs and Emma picked up my pack and he said, this is going to have a mana crypt in it. And then handed it to me and I opened it and it did. And everyone fucking lost their mind. And for the rest of the day, everybody let Emmett open their packs. Yeah. It's like so awesome. It's just like a great little superstition. It's like some yeah. people just open great stuff. I definitely remember that in high school. Like someone opens something good. And then for the rest of the day, everyone's like, okay, you got to open my next pack. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fun like present to give people too. Is like, hey, open this pack for me, you know? Because yeah. you get the joy of cracking the pack, mm. and the other person yeah. just cares about the cards. Like, I kind of love that. Yeah, it's great. You know, I know this is flipped around a couple times throughout like Magic's history, but I think there's some stuff about splitting a box generally being like kind of a bad idea, dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I think there's kind of a set fixed amount of like value cards they put in it i don't know if that's real but like I, I know for a while there was like you only had a chance at hitting like a max of some number of mythics or something for example yep. and so splitting a box with someone was actually worse than both of you just like buying a theoretical half of a box because you were always just going to get half or like one person was going to get all of the value of it and the other person was going to get left yeah. with shit it, it's kind of for that exact reason be real or not like I won't share a box ever with people. Like if, Same. if somebody wants to go in a box, I'm like, nah, it's just like not worth it. I feel like there's too many times that like Mike and I would buy a box and then we'd start ripping packs and one of us would get something great and we'd be like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're like, man, if I just spent like the $50 more to have that box be entirely mine, yeah, that card it would could just all be, be mine. mine. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's just like. I feel if, the same way, dude. 
Yeah, it's a hundred percent. Like it doesn't matter. Like I will always like be like this whole box is mine. Like that's just how it's gonna be. Like <laughs> I don't need you to open one pack in the whole thing and like have it be the one gas card and be like <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> I think the last person I split a box with might have been you, Tony. Did we split a mystery booster box? I think we did. When they first came out, we both bought a box and then we split one. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I might have done that too. We might have all done that. Like we yeah. might have bought in like six boxes among the four of us or something. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. We're just like, let's fucking go. Thankfully, I think our pulls were like, I don't remember a lot of salt coming from that because I didn't pull mana crypts from those. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, like I, I never split a booster box for that exact reason. Yeah. Or even like, even the thing of like taking two packs and being like, you take one and I take one. Like, oh my God, never. I'm like, <laughs> if, if the other person opens them, if I get a fucking Sulkin out of the Swamp King, I'm going to be crying, man. I'll be like, no, wait, trade back, bro, please. <laughs> please, bro. Please, please, bro. bro, please. <laughs> yeah, like that. that is so disheartening, especially with these sets. Dominaria remastered. I mean, I bought singles for it. I didn't buy packs. Uh, the singles were gas, and a lot of those great tutors were like fucking four bucks. That was one of the nights where Tony and I stayed up until like two a.m. and spent oh, like three hundred dollars each. On cards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hashtag no regrets. These, uh, yeah, none at all. But these high end cards or these high end sets that they're producing now are just packed with like shitty chaff rares that are just like garbage reprints. And and that can just be so disheartening to crack those. I think we should read this uh, because we mentioned it so many times. Solkanar the Swamp King oh. <laughs> <laughs> is a legendary creature demon. It's a 5-5 five, five, and it costs two generic mana and a blue, a black, and a red. Mm. It has Swamp Walk. Nice. And it says whenever a player plays a black spell, you gain one life. Nice. Oh, it was incredible. Fucking <laughs> so good. I'm checking it out on EDH <laughs> rec now. <laughs> the Swamp King. I am the Swamp King. That from something? Feels like that's uh, it is, but don't worry about it. Just edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Accidental TPK. Here's your next commander. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one's stealing this from you. Yeah. Solkanar the Swamp King has a whopping 360 decks. Oh, which, wow. Which feels like more than I more than would honestly give it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. It's got some high synergy cards. It seems like you mostly played as a mono black deck, which is kind mm. of funny. Uh, but yeah. Wait, does this combo with Chain of Smog? <laughs> um, no, it doesn't. It no, because it's oh, play. It's, got, yeah, it's, got, it's play. Copies. Okay. That would be hilarious, though. We just discover a new combo. A new CDH deck. <laughs> Infinite life with this one simple trick. Put it in a Grixis shell. It's got a one-card combo. <laughs> uh, but you know you know what it is really good with? Fucking Urborg, man. Make all those lands swamp, and you're going to be swamp walking. Mm-hmm. True. But yeah, that card does seem like trash. Uh, to our friend <laughs> Micah, I apologize. Maybe you can use those as some great bookmarks or something. Some really nice bookmarks. Shitty magic cards make the best bookmarks. Hmm. Hmm. You guys up for another one? Let's oh, do it. Tony, you didn't, say, ask didn't even salt. let me ask what the fuck the salt rating was. You're like falling asleep over there and you're like playing on the computer doing something. I can see not, that you're not, not focused. That's not what's happening, fans. <laughs> Don't listen to him. 
Can you at least share with the class whatever the white panel looking on your glasses is? <laughs> I was I was literally looking. It's TCG player. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was looking at uh, buying some new shit. The cards that we bought. <laughs> I was like, are those, <laughs> have they gone up in value or down in value? <laughs> How's the value? How'd we do? Uh, it seems to have just maintained, which honestly, I was thinking some of them would go up, but they have really? not. I'm surprised. Yeah. Especially like the vamp tutor and like some of these things. There's some like, speculation. Mm-hmm. What did Mystical Tutor go to? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, then, then don't look it up. <laughs> I, <laughs> we I wasted enough that time. one. Yeah, <laughs> we wasted enough time. Yo, so what do we think about the salt rating here on this one? It's fucking mm. high. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, super high. It is. I would be so mad. I have been mad when somebody else has opened like one pack for my thing, got like a better card than all the bullshit that I open, and I'm like, this is bullshit. So, yeah, I exclusively yeah. open whole boxes myself because I'm that's how, how salty I am now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, this is this is top tier salt of of watching your friend eat a deliciously seasoned meal while you ordered just exactly the wrong thing. Yeah. Oh, dude. No, you got the same plate, but they just didn't fucking flavor <laughs> yeah, they yours. They just made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> you both ordered medium rare, and yours shows up just completely black. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Oh man, yeah this this is super high salt for me. I would be like, I would be mad if my friend got just the Sylvan Library. The fact that they got all those other cards, I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, this fucking sucks. Like, give me one of those, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it really is, like, like you said, Mike, um, I mean, that is, like, such a thing that I experience all the time is food envy. When I go out to eat, I'm like, I got the wrong thing. I want what they have. I don't want mm. the what I have. Like, my food's still fine, but I want that. Yeah. And, man, yeah, that's a powerful thing. See, I feel like my problem is that we have that uh when my fiance and i go out but she always wants what i have mm-hmm. and it never ends well because i'm like well maybe you should have ordered it then like <laughs> dude <laughs> i was i was just talking about this with my dad the other day because we, <laughs> we went out to get like oysters and, and drink beers and stuff with my parents and my mom was like like give me a sip of your beer and my dad was like no <laughs> <laughs> he was like i wanted to drink an entire beer not not a beer and one sip less. And she was like, come on. And he's like, now I'm going to have to order a second beer so I can drink an entire beer. <laughs> and like, he was goofing around. But sometimes with like, especially with like fast food and french fries, I totally get that where I'm like, mm, I'm hungry yeah. the fries for are definitely a the large thing. fry or like a medium fry. Like I'm hungry for a full fry. I'm not yeah. hungry for like a handful less of yeah. a full thing of fries because a handful could be a lot of fries dude. especially <laughs> if you have a smaller thing of fries like that could be a yeah. lot of the fries man yeah we're talking high percentage of fry yeah yeah what's like the fry high fry the fry to to grip percentage like someone if someone comes in and grabs like five or six fries that that's a lot that's more than a taste <laughs> test you know you get like two fries yeah, yep. because when you go to hand them one fry, you got to hand them like one of the ones. It's like it's not like a big fry. It's like one of the little nubs. So you'd be like, <laughs> "Here you go. You can have that." Dude, sometimes though, those really crunchy nubs that are down yeah. at the bottom of the no, box. I was going to say, sometimes, yeah, sometimes get, those are the best sometimes ones. You give you're a big gold, floppy like, one. <laughs> you give them a big floppy one. It's like, well, that's a lot of fry. So I definitely didn't skimp on the fry that I gave you. But it's also not the best one. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to want more of these fries. My God. strategy is I, I used to not be good at sharing my food. Now I'm I'm actually pretty great at it. 
But the key is to give the person the best bite of the food to be like, yo, you get like, you get the best fry because then they have the best thing and they don't want more. If you give them the worst fry, they're going to be like, yo, I want two more fries. Give them the best fry though. Dude, you're done. That's it. I have dabbled in that and that does not work in all scenarios. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> That's not always a functioning pathway. <laughs> it's like, oh, why don't we actually just switch plates? <laughs> oh my God, dude. Uh, to my friends who I will not name. Um, I don't know why I could name them, but I won't. Uh, they That's what they do every single time they go out to eat. They agree on the two entrees they're going to get. They each eat half and then they swap and they eat the other half. They do it every single place they go. Yeah. Mm. We do that sometimes. It feels like a good system. Yeah. One time, one time we ordered two things and we said we were going to share them both. And then the restaurant brought them both out split and each, they brought like two plates out that had half of each of the meals. And we were like, wow, this is this is high, high fancy cuisine here. That's crazy. <laughs> that is great because I feel like when it's miraculous enough that Stephanie and I can do that and we've settled on two things that the both of us want, I I am just a very fast eater. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I'll have eaten half and I'm just sitting there fucking waiting for her to like swap it. And that's not like her fault. It's, yeah, like, it's a personal she, problem, She doesn't man. eat slow. Yeah. I like eat just like insanely fast. Like a horse. Yeah, and then sometimes I'm like, I'm like, uh, I Notorious really did get half, and I'm like, what if, eaters, what if I do like one more sliver? Is it like gonna be okay? And then six slivers later, I'm like, it's, it's too late. We can't swap anymore. It's not a half and <laughs> half situation anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at that point, that that that's truly why the best dining experience, and and this is a hill I will die on, is shareables, tapas, mm-hmm. things like that. That is. Oh, I thought you were just gonna say an omakase where you each get individual yeah, portions of everything. One hundred percent, dude. If I can, if I can mimic that eating experience where like tiny shared plates are coming out, we're all having the same bite and the same taste in the same moment. That is my favorite kind of eating experience. I love mm-hmm. like sharing that shit with other people. I'm fine to like go somewhere and we all get our own thing, but I think the best things are like, yo, we're getting like six dishes. We're all gonna have little bites. It's gonna be the best. Yeah, mm-hmm. love that. And when I have that food, I season it with salt. Uh, salt is frustrations in the game. <laughs> oh my god! You can't just say it when no one asks you what it is. I definitely can. <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> um, you guys want another one? I do. Yeah, let's uh, hear another one. All right, our next post comes to us from Reddit, from the EDH subreddit, our old stomping grounds, our favorite spot. I did a post on Reddit today. Got fucking two comments. Thanks, Reddit. <laughs> Thank you, Reddit. <laughs> love you, Reddit. Never change. Thanks, Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do love Reddit. I'm like being facetious, but man, sometimes, sometimes I do something and like 200 people comment on it. And I'm like, damn, mm. this thing's doing numbers. And some days I do it and like two people comment on it. And it's our two amazing listeners that every single week comment on it. Like <laughs> tons of love to our reddit following because they do keep us going every once in a while we get a post that's like oh another person chilling their podcast and i'm and i'm just like I, that makes me so sad dude when i read those oh, it bums me out so much like quick aside a couple weeks ago like mike did the reddit post uh for us that week and i was just like checking the comments yeah. and this dude was literally like 
do you even read any of these? Yeah. Oh my God. That was, that pissed me off so much. He was like, do you even read these responses that people are putting here? Like another person fucking shilling, blah, 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 blah. And this was like, I don't know, six or seven weeks ago. And like, I was in fucking jury duty, man. Like I'm not going to be whipping out my phone. Yeah. And, like and we had to responded to like 70% of the comments <laughs> too. Like, so it's like come on and then a few <laughs> weeks later someone else was like another person shilling their content clogging up the reddit i was like dude i post once a week and that was my mistake was replying and yeah. he was like <laughs> he was like it's not just you it's everybody and you're posting for your financial gain it's like i don't fucking make money off this podcast <laughs> like what are you talking about dude and I, I was like okay i can't reply again like it was already a mistake to reply once i'm just gonna stop <laughs> so bad Anyways, this one comes to us from Reddit. (laughs) (laughs) And this one comes to us from our new friend, Tara. And the post is titled, Made Somebody Imprisoned in the Moon a Land. And the story goes, Basically, while playing against a knight equipment deck, I pulled a cheeky move on him. I've recently started running Tower of the Magistrate in my deck and felt it was such a great solution to fighting the constant, I'm going to equip my commander with X artifacts and gain X buff. So as the game went on, and each and every time the knight player would try to equip his a commander or a strong card, I'd just tap my land and give their creature protection from artifacts in response to them equipping whatever they wanted to equip. Needless to say, he wasn't very happy that his Voltron equipment deck was getting completely countered by a land. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he got so mad... He imprisoned in the moon my land to stop it from causing him so much pain. Took about two turns for him to start getting all his equipment added to his commander again, and he readied for an attack against me, only for me to chaos warp the enchantment and pop all of his equipment off again. (laughs) He proceeded to concede and yell for about an hour about how stupid the land is to have such an annoying ability. Love it. Kind of spicy. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I actually don't know this land. We should look at it. What's it from? It's from Mercadian Masks, and it's on the reserve list. And it has two effects. The first one is tap to add a colorless mana. And the second ability is pay one, tap, target creature gains protection from artifacts until end of turn. This is one of those cards that like nobody knew about until, or, or it was very slept on until I think it was on a Game Nights episode or an episode of uh, the Command Zone podcast. And they talked about it. And now it's like 30 or $40. Hmm. It is an interesting thing where, you know, we talk about how lands are kind of sacred in Commander. Like people get really upset if you start removing lands. But the problem with that is then if you put effects that are really strong on lands, it, it all just kind of falls apart because it's like yeah. this thing that's taboo to remove, but is now like a must remove situation. Yeah. Almost makes a person want to build a deck that's nothing but those types of effects. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a, a really obvious example, too, of like why like Caracas is banned, for example. Like mm. if you put an effect on a land that's so like game warping uh, and people are not willing to be able to remove lands in some fashion, you just yeah. you're, you're stuck in kind of this impossible spot like I didn't even know Imprisoned in the Moon could target lands. That's like a pretty funny thing. I guess it has to because it it turns the permanent into a land, right? Yeah. But it's one of those weird things. Yeah. I mean, first of all, this is incredibly spicy, amazing salt, (laughs) top tier, fucking A plus, especially to let them like rebuild a little bit and then be like, ooh, chaos warp. And you can de-equip all that shit again. Yep. Uh, That is just very well executed. 
But yeah, to your point, Mike, I think one of the problems with not only is like land destruction taboo, but there's also this whole thing with land where generally the stuff that removes land is like expensive or color locked mm-hmm. into only red or green. And mm-hmm. I think most land destruction effects are like three mana base and yeah. maybe four mana and it's hitting like one land. Unless you're running like the the lands that remove lands. Like I think that's sort yeah, of those the are accepted. The I feel like that's sort of like the accepted answer of like strip mine. Uh, I don't, I can't even well, it's remember. An ice you sacrifice ones. that land in order to right, know, yeah. get rid of somebody else's land. So, strip right. mine, wasteland. Uh, there's one in the Innistrad sets. But even then, like you're losing, a, like Tony said, eye for an eye, you are losing a land to deprive right. someone else of a land. So that right. is like, in itself, it's sort of like, hey, we're both losing a land, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I have my one silver bullet and I used it on your problem land. And now the game is going to continue and we're both a little bit behind. But I mean, it's hard. Like there, there's some lands that are really problematic. Uh, like Guy's Cradle obviously can just pop the fuck off in insane mm. ways, and you better have some way to to shut that down um, or something to destroy. Board wipe. Yeah, board wipe would do it. Guy's Cradle doesn't do a whole lot when all the creatures are dead. <laughs> fair, extremely Ooh. fair. What do we think about the salt rating here? Mm, it's just delicious, dude. It's fucking perfect. I love it. <laughs> Finely crafted, artisanally chiseled into a perfect little cube. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, if I was the night player in this situation, I'd be fucking really mad. <laughs> I've been in that position where a single card hoses your entire deck. I complained about it earlier, I think, if that made it into the episode. The Archfiend of Ifnir thing. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like, man, this one card is just crushing my entire deck. I literally can't do anything while it's on the board like that is super frustrating, but also Mm -hmm. like, you know, that just happens sometimes. Yeah. Like when your friend says they're going to build a Yasharn deck because they don't like where the meta's at because (laughs) everything you do is aristocrats. (laughs) (laughs) But again, all of those are creatures. Like we're only talking about permanent types that are very removable. So for it to be on a really difficult to remove permanent type that is like yeah. truly top tier top tier salt there yeah for sure like you can't do anything about it right and like one of those cards where you're like what is that can i see that what is this card what set did this come from you just like yeah you start asking all the details <laughs> as if it's like fake like they're yeah, gonna, like, like you're not the fuck a is real this? card you know? who made this card <laughs> yeah how much mana Arcadian <laughs> yeah. masks that's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> that's so true i feel like when that comes out when you're like what's what set is this from that that's when <laughs> it's like real <laughs> yeah it's it's like the 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 salt that really like turns your head you're just like what the fuck are you playing against me right now <laughs> i love that meanwhile shit. like if you're playing over webcam you're desperately looking it up on the side and being like this is bullshit like, yeah you're just bullshit <laughs> card clicking it frantically in spell table yeah. god damn you and it's like oh a revised savannah and you're like that wasn't the fucking card i clicked on <laughs> see usually it's weird like vanilla green creatures i feel like yeah old vanilla green creatures that have no text <laughs> mine is always doing either a savannah or like a weird forest yeah. or some green creature Oh, for me, it's always a planes because I'm always clicking on Tony's card that he played directly into the glare. <laughs> oh my god! 
<laughs> wouldn't matter if it was in the glare or not because you wouldn't be able to read it fucking anyway <laughs> hashtag spell table sucks hashtag sponsored yeah if I, we're not sponsored <laughs> we're definitely not sponsored, sponsored. By, by an anti-spell table group um <laughs> but i i mean as much as i like spell table it is very useful but uh really diehard listeners will know that we are google hangout mtg extension fanatics and that was our peanut butter and jam for years and years i don't even know why we switched like why did we switch this mike's computer couldn't handle you know what makes the cards perfectly read readable on spell table you know when they're always picked up by the spell reader (laughs) oh i do know if they're off Yeah, but then I just have to watch you guys like clumsily move around. I'm getting unclumsy. That that's user error. That's not a problem with the system. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's so much user error. I I 100% take less time navigating a virtual deck than shuffling and doing shit manually at this point. Okay, is but... is absolutely quicker to pilot a deck virtually than in paper. It's not necessarily better, but there there's a charm to playing in paper over webcam. I absolutely much prefer paper. I totally get like, I think Moxfield OBS is valid. I also get why people in, you know, pulling together, like pickup games online will be like no Moxfield OBS in this room. You know, like I get why people do that. Uh, but it is great for for playtesting decks. It's pretty awesome. It's it's in in particular for CH, right? Like I don't want to have to buy these cdh decks that are proxies anyway or even like a proxy and like wait yeah. for like proxies to show up and like all, all that and uh, definitely don't buy that stick fingers deck that you fucking horribly played oh my god sticky Shut fingers <laughs> i just need to a play it correctly and not fuck up my first turn uh that that is what that deck does though that's the problem like if you don't win on turn like two or three you're just yeah. out yeah there is no like you continue to intervention time. Uh, Mike and I talked about this beforehand. We're springing it on you now. Um, you got to build a mid-range deck, dude. I had Corval. It's fine. You had. Had. You continue to build these glass can of CDH decks. Do not enjoy playing them. And then you're like, I enjoy just playing them. No, you don't. You don't. To a degree. You, every time you played, every fucking time you played, uh, uh, what was the one you used to play? Oh, yeah, man, Anya. Anya. And then there was Circu. Well, Anya, the problem Godo is did. that every Godo. time you played Godo, you complained. I mean, things are better like, now. Well, I guess I'm out of the game now. It's like, yeah, that's the deck, dude. That's Our meta deck. is different than it used to be because because there's always a Sissé player in it. <laughs> well, I was playing like into usually at least two control decks, which was like the problem. Like that is not the, the meta to be playing. Those and now you can in. play into two stacks decks. Well, oh wait. <laughs> It's worse. <laughs> it's not actually. There's like, there's like stacks and things that the deck can like fight through. So stop, stop hating on my deck choices. <laughs> I'm just gonna build you a mid range deck and and put it in your hand. Well, there is another deck that I was looking at that maybe I'll try to, but that one's like fucking complex. What it's just a matter. It's a it's a Grixis. It's the one that you can pay one and copy a spell that you've cast and you do all oh, the shenanigans yeah with, cornella with... or something yeah it's like yeah, a saw and yeah. half deck dude fucking yeah. definitely build that i was i was definitely thinking about building that but it, that, again that is like complex just in that like i don't really play in those colors in cdh ever so i don't i don't even have like the base mm-hmm. uh, but i know black and red fairly well but it's like it's, it's just pretty different the loops that it's doing and um, even then like you're still 
on breach freeze and thoracle and like the classic shit that goes into a grixis deck so like yeah like you could you could pilot it no problem well i guess it, it's more that you'll be in a scenario where you could win and you don't know it yeah like that exists a lot in that deck i think yeah uh of like it's very hard to see what the fuck can be done and all of a sudden you can just like fucking pop off out of nowhere which i, I feel like, like i get in that situation all the time but i'm just trash yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. And then I just pass. I pass with enough mana to recast Elvala and activate. And then don't. <laughs> sad oh, soul. man. Sad, sulky soul. Will, guys? Well, anyway. Is it that time of the week? Oh, I think boy. It might be. I think it might be that time of the week. Oh, baby. I think it's that time. It's the time of the week where we say, Mike, what's the salty card of the week? Mike, 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 Mike. Salty card of the week this week is... It's been a while since <laughs> I have asked for a salty card. It's been a while since Mike told me the salty card. <laughs> I'm feeling the soul. Thank you, Sam. Got that, baby. Thank it's you, been a while since Mike <laughs> did... Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> the salty card of the week this week is... Torment of Hailfire. Oh, baby. Classic. A classic. Truly a classic. classic. Really. Oh, man. Torment of Hailfire, the classic that we've been describing. It is X black black for sorcery, and you repeat the following process X times. Each opponent loses three life unless that player sacrifices a non-land permanent or discards a card. So uh, let's kick it off. Sam, does this one make you salty? Um, no, <laughs> no. Uh, th- this card doesn't make me salty at all. I I think I see why it's on here. Um, I think people think it's kind of like an uncreative win con in black, or, or black plus other colors decks. Like you just make a ton of mana, shit it into this spell and cast it, and hope mm-hmm. that your opponents don't have the resources to like pull through, or it's enough of a hit where. You know, it's like a heavy, heavy board wipe and discard and life reduction where you can just pull ahead and win. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. I mean, I run it in my uh, Togo Casket deck because generally I can get a shit ton of treasures in that deck or or get it to the point where I could do a really big cast of that. Um, I think we see it in a handful of decks in our pod where like I think you might have it in a deck or two, Mike. I don't know if it's an aura. Oh, I, it's not an it. aura. It's not an aura, but I do think it's in like the nickel bolus deck and yeah, probably that, in that uh, probably in the Cascade Glacian deck as well. Yep. And I mean, you know, whenever it hits, like I, I think it's just one of those things where you try to weather it as best you can. Mm-hmm. And we've definitely had moments where it gets cast and the person doesn't win. Yep. And somebody continues to fight through it or just is like, hey, I'm going to discard my whole hand and take a bunch of damage and keep my board state. You know, I think I think it has enough like interesting points where you, you can work through it. But if you dump enough mana in it, like you are going to be fucked at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Tony, how do you feel about it? I think this is one of those cards that it generates a shit ton of salt uh and it depends on what side of the table you're on when mm-hmm. it goes off because <laughs> i feel <laughs> so good when i cast it and i feel like sam said this doesn't make him salty but i could think of a game when i played this card in one and he was pretty fucking salty really uh yeah <laughs> and so 
I, I, I think it is directly correlated to where you're sitting at when it's cast uh, for how much salt it generates. That's uh, a good point. Because it, it's also a bit of a game of a lot of the times you don't necessarily win off of it in the moment, but you probably still won because mm-hmm. like you just drain so many reasons. Like nobody's casting this for like two, right? You're not, yeah, you're not yeah. doing a, a value uh, torments of Hailfire. You're doing it where it's enough that you <laughs> fucking drain everyone's resources. So it's usually mm-hmm. either all of their hand or all of their permanence. And like that is usually enough for you yeah. to kind of like take yeah, over. Because often people will fly basically as close as they can to the sun on life, like drop as much life as they can and then be like, okay, now I have to start ditching permanence and cards in my hand. Yep. Yeah. I will change my initial answer. <laughs> now that I'm racking my brain a little bit and agree with Tony that it very much depends on like your board state at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've had yeah. games where I have like, three creatures out and my board state sucks and this is horrible when it hits because you're like wow i was already not in the game and now i'm just now i'm really out of it and then the person with like a bunch of tokens is like i'll sack a few tokens away whatever and you're like motherfucker like i have nothing (laughs) over here i have nothing right it is one of those cards where if someone's doing pretty well it actually doesn't slow them down that much but someone that's like in a mid spot or like a little bit behind that player is then just completely hosed at that point. Cause they can't yeah. keep up with the amount that they have to pay into it. Does this make you salty Mike? Yeah, I think so. I think partially because of that fact of like it actually impacting players that are behind worse than players that are ahead. Yeah. Uh, and I do agree that what you were saying earlier, Sam, where it's sort of in that set of win cons that are a little bit, like Lazy. disappointing <laughs> like crater hoof expropriate yeah. uh insurrection even insurrection i think i would be cool to see I, I don't see it as much anymore but just these big spells where you're like haha a huge spell and then i right. win the game like nick talks about this sometimes where it's like if you're going to be casting a 10 mana spell it should kind of win you the game and yeah. it's like while that's true someone playing a 10 mana spell and then winning the game is actually kind of boring a lot of the time because it's mm-hmm. like okay this one spell hits and everyone's like well eh, all right and then i think torment of hellfire has the added downside of sometimes it's not quite enough to win the game and then you have to slog through like an extra two turns where they're just beating down the people that have like barely held on but haven't been able to scrap another like enough of a resistance together to actually get the win in so it can lead to this like prolonged okay now i have to actually kill you while you're super far behind moment sometimes those do feel like the most interesting moments though when everybody's really been knocked down on resources and they have like a little bit left yeah and each turn, I feel like this happens in our pot all the time. It's usually when it's down to like 1v1 almost more so than like 3-on-1 or anything like that. But we'll have these things where it goes turn, it, it's back and forth and you actually don't know who's going to win because somebody keeps getting like a little incremental value. Like somebody has a, a great board state, but no cards in hand. And the other person just is like full grip and is like someone's playing off the top and someone's like actually playing shit. Uh, and it just, I feel like this is how I lose to Mike, like all the time. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, you, you guys said it very well, Mike, you kind of put it into words and I never really thought about the card in this light, but it really does punish people who are behind. Yeah. And, 
because of that, I mean, if you put enough mana in, it's still a great win con, but it is kind of like bad value when you consider that you're the person that you're probably trying to stop at the table is going to have, generally speaking, depending on their board state, probably going to have an easier time weathering the storm, Mm -hmm. weathering the hail fire and, uh, you know, coming back to, to beat your ass. Yeah. It's sort of the effect that's sometimes described as like win more in other games too. It's like, it's really good if you're ahead, it's kind of useless if you're behind, Mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't necessarily put you up on like someone that you're even with, but it does like just let you kind of close something out if you're already in the, in the lead. It can be tough to resolve too. Like, I think it is one of those cards that, um, I mean, we are rules sticklers, as we said before. So we do tend to resolve this in priority order, like one trigger at a time, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which takes some time. And I do think it is like the best way to do it because as well, it also helps people discard it. cards, you will, you may choose like as people sack discard lose life that may affect what you do too like usually what i do is i will go down to a number of cards in hand that everybody else is at if i can manage it you know to like try to keep it even mm-hmm. um but obviously you yeah. can shortcut it where uh where on the list does this sit yeah that the next part of our game as always is trying to guess where we think it shows up on the list so tony what's your uh what's your guess here 37 37 um 82 82. Sam takes it. This Fuck. one is 95. Yay. I thought that people would be mad because it gets played a lot. So that's why I put it higher on the list. Not because I think it's like overly... I'm not trying to game the system. I'm trying to think what are the people who answered this survey going to mm. put, <laughs> which is not the way to go about it. I should have guessed lower. I was surprised it was on at all, frankly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think one thing that does probably add a little bit, you know, we've seen this in the past is as cards get a little more expensive, people get frustrated by them. Oh, this yeah. is actually all the way up to like a $19 card. What? Which, wow. Yeah, it's kind of surprising, right? Because it, huh. it seems like it's it seems like it's an effect that we see kind of all over the place, like any like many, many black decks run this as sort of a finisher card. And it yeah. is pretty far up there on uh, on price. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, that wraps up our Salty Card of the Week. Thanks for playing, guys. Well, thanks, Mike. And thank you to our listeners for tuning nice. in to another episode of the Howling Salt My Podcast. Oh, man. Listening to the episodes with you guys, like, <laughs> making fun of me of that was, <laughs> I was fucking dying, dude. And he's like, and thank you for our listeners. Like, it's so true. I do. You got to turn it on, man. You got to turn I mean, on the I radio. I have the affectation, voice. like, perfectly. It's the only way that I can, like, say the consistent thing is if I do that kind of voice. Well, that's what I realized because then the more I was doing it, the more I was like, oh, it actually flows very easily. Yeah, dude. It's just coming out of my soul this way. Like It does. And if you guys want more Howling Salt Mine podcast coming out of your soul, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Howling Salt Mine. We have extra monthly episodes with our extra salt series. We have bonus mini episodes in our Stray Grain series. Jump into our Discord. We're hanging out with people in there. We got all the prospectors in there. Other members of the 30% chilling. People are playing pickup games. We're posting decks, talking about all that kind of stuff. Geeking out about video games and anime and, and food and pets. And, and there's you know, a sports like and memes channel. And sports. Yeah, and there is a sports channel. It exists. <laughs> in theory. I don't know when it was made, but it happened. <laughs> Another thing that you can do that is really helpful for the podcast is give us a five-star review. 
on your podcast listening app of choice. Uh, that helps make us more visible in the algorithm of all those various apps. We also have merchandise. You can rep the Howling Salt Mine in real life at your LGS or the next magic convention you go to. We got shirts, we got hoodies, we got crop tops, we got it all. If you have a salty story and you'd like to have it on a future episode of the podcast, email us. Email us at our Gmail, thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com. Check out our social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find us on Reddit too for our weekly posts. Um, if you find a salty post on Reddit, people continue to do this and I continue to love it. If you find a salty post on Reddit, tag us in it, shoot it to us in a DM, um, you know, summon us into that conversation and we'll reach out to the original poster of that and see if we can get it on the show for a future episode. So there's tons and tons of different ways you can be a part of the Howling Salt Mine community. Lastly, we got to shout out our podcast artist, Devin Burnett. Fantastic tattoo artist in Asheville, North Carolina. If you're ever in the area, hit him up. He's a great guy. It's really cool. 10,000 subscribers are bust. Yep. We'll get tattoos. 10,000 subs. Guys, it's just been great to be back. Um, I feel oh, yeah. like I have so many words. Like, I feel like I talked a lot and I normally talk a lot. And I feel like I really did a lot this time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Winning. Thank you. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. I I love love you you too. (laughs) Well, thanks again, everybody. And as always, stay salty and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the Howling Salt The Howling Salt Alrighty, well, uh, welcome back, prospectors. To- no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Also, even... you never did it, anyways. I listened to the episodes. I know it's you never did. Mike wouldn't let Mike. me. Mike was like, uh, "I'm gonna do it," and then I thought about it, and I was like, "Oh, this is why Mike did it because the ending is there's like way more shit to say." Yeah, <laughs> like, that's hard. Any of it is. The beginning is like, hey, "That's bro. hard," and it's no like, one listens. Back. I don't want to do that now part. It's like, oh shit, we got a fucking Patreon, and we got links, and we got Man. like Gmail. <laughs> it was like, so hey. cathartic to hear you guys like. Oh, let's just fucking get into the episode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mike, were you about to segue? Did were you did you have a hot segue you're about it's to hit? It's too late. Fuck. To apologize. What have I done? It's too late. <laughs> um, all right. It's too late, this next one. It's too late. <laughs> Stop. So what's up, guys? What it's up? Been a, been a long time, huh? It's, it's been Nash. a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that might be the salty song this week. <laughs> I, I don't get to do a salty song, song, so I got to fit it in in the <laughs> random preamble, in the rambling, <laughs> in the preamble. Well, let's kick it off, guys. We're going to kick this off with this story comes from. How do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what the fuck to do. What's on your shoulder? Yeah, is that cum on your shoulder? Is that, is that a little... Is that <laughs> you, a little you literally beat me to it because I was going to say that. It's fucking... <laughs> is that a little juzz from your juzz jug? <laughs> it's a little juzz from the juzz jug. No, it's uh, it's like paint.
This is like, uh-huh. like painting. Like, uh, it is like, like paint. paint. It's, it's like, like paint. paint. So you can uh-huh. smear your wall with cum and it'll become <laughs> white-ish. It's more of a, cre- a creme color, like a cream. Yeah, you it's kind of like a sickly yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I'm so glad this is getting cut. No, this is making it <laughs> No. <laughs> this is definitely making this it This is in. the cold open for the episode. <laughs> uh, well... Well, we're done talking about cum. You want to get into a post? (laughs) 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 So, uh, 